Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Experience Creators. My name is Caroline Maley and I'm your host. And I hope that you have been enjoying the episodes so far with all the amazing experience creators featured. Today is no different. Today I am introducing you to an incredible, incredible woman. Her name is Marina Bijanova. She is a Soviet-born, Ukrainian-raised, Canada-based entrepreneur whose mission is to scale the reach of people's voices. She is the co-founder of a personal branding agency, Brand of a Leader, and has been quoted and referenced in such publications as Inc., Forbes, Fast Money, Success Magazine, Yahoo News, and Financial Post. Marina is also an incredible speaker, having spoken to audiences of entrepreneurs and business executives in North America, Asia, Europe, and the Middle East. She is a proud member of Entrepreneurs' Organization and is currently the Canadian host for its global podcast, Forum Confidential. Today, we are going to talk all things personal branding. We are going to discuss if a personal brand is relevant for you and what you are trying to achieve. And if it is, how you can create an exceptional experience for those you want to attract and those you serve. So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's dive into the interview. Marina, welcome to the Experience Creators. I've been thinking about personal branding all day and thinking about this interview. So welcome, and I cannot wait to, to chat with you. Likewise, I'm so excited to be here. All right, let's start with, uh, I already gave a little brief intro into who you are, but I'd love from you, know, from you who are you, um, and, and what are you all about? <laughs> in how much time? <laughs> um, so born in the Soviet Union, as you mentioned in the introduction, um, raised in post-Soviet Ukraine, came to Canada when I was 16, and uh, Canada has been home ever since. I'm an entrepreneur, I own an HR firm that's called Pronexia, and I very recently started um, at a personal branding agency for entrepreneurs called Brand of a Leader. I'm also a university instructor, I teach social media strategy and ROI at a university here in Montreal. Canada. I'm doing a master's degree right now, <laughs> master's of science and management. I'm big advocate for immigrants and immigrant uh, rights. I speak up quite a bit against, uh, you know, bias and discrimination that uh, immigrants experience. And uh, so those are, those are some of the main things. I mean, that, that's already a humongously epic list. Uh, and today, really, we're going to be talking about personal branding and how you can turn your personal brand into an experience. And I know for me, it's something that I have focused on, uh, especially over the last year, and have found so much traction and so much more meaningful connection in, in the work that I'm doing. And so that's what really today is all about is, is turning your personal brand into experience, how to make it an epic experience, even if it's just a CV or a page, a page online. So I want to start with the most important question that I ask all my guests, and that is what elements make up an incredible experience in your eyes? You know, it's very interesting that you're looking at personal branding as experience. It's a very unique way of looking at it. But if you, if I think of experience and the core components of uh, what, you know, a really wow experience is to me, 
I think it does correlate quite strongly with the core pillars of a strong standout personal brand, which are, you know, if you want to have a strong personal brand, you want to be memorable, you want your personal brand to be meaningful, and you want it to be relevant or relatable. And I would say to me, it's very similar, you know, if I'm thinking of those, you know, incredible experiences that I've, that I've had in, in my life, they're incredible, because they were memorable, meaningful, and relevant to me. So I'm seeing quite a bit of correlation. Those would be my pillars. And to lead on to that, can you recall, because is there an experience that springs to mind when you think of memorable, when you think of something that sparks emotion in you that you had maybe recently or, or maybe growing up that you can actually recall almost vividly as if it was yesterday? Um, I'll, I'll give you both. I'll give you one that's from adult life and then one back in the day when I was growing up as a kid in post-Soviet Ukraine. Um, you know, one thing that many people don't know about me is that I was an avid chess player. So people who do know me have all made sure to message me and email me to tell me to watch Queen's Gambit. Queen's Gambit yeah. <laughs> when I watched it, I was having intense flashbacks. But uh, in of course, yeah. And in particular, I remember this one um, tournament that I was going to play in and I did not prepare for anything. I did not read any chess books, but I would show up and win. And so my coach was, you know, really on my case and saying, you know, you need to quit life. You need to stop doing everything. You need to stop going to school. You need to stop working with your dad, which I was from a very young age. I mean, I spoke at a conference when I was 10, but quit everything. Don't see friends, just study chess and you will be world champion. That did not sound appealing whatsoever. Wow. But I remember there was this one time where he very briefly prepared me for a game um, that I was supposed to have. I thought that I was having it weeks down the line. And of course, I made a mistake because my head was on the clouds. I was having it two days later. And he just very quickly showed me the Sicilian defense, which is the core, you know, one of the main defenses mentioned in the series, which is really oh. crazy. Um, so he very briefly, he said, you know what, you're going to play with a girl. Um, that's the defense that she plays. And like, do -do 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 -do, all the moves, moves, moves. That's where you have to to that's where you have to get to like that's your goal but we're going to plan and we're going to prepare and don't worry about it you can forget about it for, for now because you still have a couple of weeks and then two days later I show up and I'm playing with this girl and she's the number one chess player and I sit down and I have really it was very similar to I remember this so vividly it's as though I'm still there and I'm this you know geeky 11 year old that's there you know sitting at the game um, but all of a sudden I have this whole vivid you know, imagination, vision of everything that my coach had shown me. I remember what he told me where I had to get with all my pieces so vividly. And, and I just started recreating it. And, uh, and I won that game. And what I really remember was when I called him. And at that point, he already knew that I had made a mistake, that I didn't know which player I was going to play with. So he starts chastising me. We get on the phone and for like 10 minutes, he's like, I can't believe it. And this is terrible. Nah, 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 nah. So how did it go? And I go, I won. And he goes, what are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> How did you win? And so I remember it's to, you know, to this day, so vividly, I defied expectations. Your expectation mm -hmm. was I was going to lose. I defied expectations. Um, and, um, and it was certainly something unique. I still have no idea how I was able to memorize, you know, this whole thing that he showed me in three minutes and then apply it, apply it to a game. So that's from, you know, a core memory from childhood. And I think it's just been triggered by me watching the series. So I remember mm -hmm. it so vividly because of that. Um, adult life, I've been privileged to have a lot of incredible experience, I, experiences. I think the one that I cherish, perhaps, you know, among the ones I cherish the most um, is uh, speaking at a conference in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. 
um, at an entrepreneurship conference and speaking there in my abaya and all covered up and being the only female speaker representing entrepreneurs organization, which I'm a part of, and then having women come up to me and say, thank you for sharing your story because we heard your message and what you had to say, we feel that we could have the same journey as you did. And I don't know if they can, but uh, it still gives me shivers to remember that moment in life. I mean, they're, they're two great, great examples. I think that I was going to ask you after the first example of your childhood memory, why do you still remember it vividly now? But you did already, you touched on it in the fact that you defied expectations. And when I'm talking about the journey of the guest, whoever that guest may be in, in, in terms of your experience, it could be a recruiter, it could be a, a customer of yours. How are you going to kind of show them something completely that they, they weren't even expecting and that has gone above and beyond expectations? So that's such an amazing link that that's what you felt in that first moment. And, and then for your second example, um, in your opinion, what, how do you, how, why is it so vivid in your, in your memory? right now it seems an emotional connection i would say deeply so number one it was a once in a lifetime experience mm -hmm. right i doubt that um you know i will have another opportunity to be a speaker at a conference in saudi arabia you know um when there were not very many female speakers there to right. begin with um so number one number two you know carolyn when i grew up um i never thought i would travel anywhere i grew up behind the iron curtain mm -hmm. and so to me even the map of the world when we were learning it in geography to me was like the constellation map mm. that my kids are learning now i know it's there but it's not really tangible so to me traveling to a nearby city or town is an impressive experience still and i've been living in canada in canada now for many years but traveling to saudi arabia i'm also half jewish my dad is jewish faced quite a bit of persecution when i was growing up so all those things combined it was just really a once in a lifetime unique never thought it would happen type of moment mm -hmm. and that's for me but then also being there and seeing these women who are you know completely covered up they're living a reality very different than mine saying um you know what you said inspired us that is that to me is, is mind-blowing again it's it's unique and it gives it's it's certainly extremely memorable um and uh, and deeply meaningful mm, i love that uh personal the experience of a personal brand and the reason i i really want to go down this angle and uh, is because i remember i was in france about five years ago and i and i think i've even shown you this but i created this presentation of 10 reasons you should hire me and I actually went into this kind of a meeting. It was like a guidance meeting from, you know, the French government had kind of organized these meetings for, for foreigners. And I remember going in with this so excited, like I'm going to get the best job. This is going to be amazing. And she said to me, the lady said to me, oh, that's not going to work here. Like that you have to, I will give you an example of a CV that you need to follow. And that's what you need to do. And I looked at it and I went, I would rather leave than write a CV. It was the most archaic, horrible, boring thing that I've ever seen in my life. And she literally said to me, it's not going to work. What your strategy? And I thought to myself in that moment, this is not about me writing a CV. It's about showing who I am. I want somebody reading my stuff to go on an experience and to think, wow, imagine if this person was, was working with me or working for me. And that's really the, I remember that moment vividly because that triggered that whole idea of the experience of a personal brand. So 
in I would like to talk a little bit about 2020 in terms of personal branding and what you uh, 2020 has been a really um, a really vivid year and a really incredible year, both good and bad for a lot of people, really eye opening. And so what have you seen in the personal brand space in terms of what people are doing and and really where that path has gone? Um, and um, something, a lot of things to talk about uh, there, but I do want to address the example that you just gave, because the thing is, you went in showing them who you are through your personal brand, you did, that's just not who they wanted, right? Right. So you actually showed them that you are out of the box, creative, lots of ideas, you know, this energy, that is your personal brand, you showcased it perfectly, and right off the bat found out that that's not what they wanted, right? <laughs> They wanted somebody who just follows rules and is in a box, etc. So it's fantastic to lead with a personal brand because you can right away misalign yourself from opportunities that have nothing to do with you. Right. Right. So that's what you did there. Instead of following the guidelines and then showing who you are and then finding out there is no fit there and then it, it implodes, you did it right off the bat. So I think that's great. Um, what I've seen in 2020 is um, an increase, a spike in interest in personal branding. Well, one, because a lot of people got affected financially. And so right. a lot of people started saying, how can I monetize um, who I am, what I do, what I know? So that's number one. But number two, which is interesting and I didn't expect, is a spike in interest in personal branding because people started engaging in a lot of introspection. And when we're building a personal brand, step one, the most important step, you know, in corporate branding, you do brand discovery, right? It's, it's, it's core. It's number one. You don't just start branding without first doing the introspection on the corporate side. It's exactly the same for personal branding. You have to dig deep. Who are you? What are your values? What's your vision for yourself? What do you stand for? What is your personal brand going to be based on, right? All those things, introspection. And a lot of people, well, first of all, because we went into lockdown globally, Start spending a lot of time with ourselves. So yeah. introspection was already forced, but introspection without self-awareness falls short, right? So I started having a lot of people come to me because sometimes we're blinded by you know, ourselves. It's harder to see, um, sometimes easier to see our weaknesses, but not our strengths. Not so easy to say, well, this is the core of who I am. Sometimes it's hard to do. So I've noticed a lot of people um, maybe looking to build the personal brand eventually, but first of all, looking for introspection and answering those internal questions of who am I? What's important to me? I wasn't affected by COVID, but why am I not so happy in my job all of a sudden? Just all those questions, you know, as everything went a bit quieter, those questions surfaced and became a bit louder. And I think one thing that I would have been very inspired by over the entire year, really, especially on LinkedIn, is seeing how creative people are showing up they're showing up in completely different ways which you know and some people may think personal brand is just about you know getting a job or getting an opportunity and writing a cv and and i think this opportunity has really shown us that th there's so much more to it and how you show up just whether it's through some posts or some creative things that you're doing um and i'm speaking on linkedin specifically it's just inspired me so much to think wow look what they've done like a skill that they potentially didn't even know they had like you mentioned and now they're creating some really amazing content around that. So do you now moving into 2021, everyone's kind of doing that. Oh, it's a fresh, a fresh new start. And, and you know, the, the, the minute the clock turns over, it, it, it always has that sentiment. Do you kind of get that feeling as well in that everyone just showing up in a really creative and different way and trying things? I feel like a lot of people are trying things without necessarily that very archaic feel of, 
oh my gosh, if I fail, it's kind of the end of the world and nobody's going to work with me or hire me. I, I, I get us, I, I personally have a feeling that people are showing up kind of going, you know what, everyone seems to be giving things a go. So why don't we just try it? Because it's going to strengthen what I'm doing. Yes. And there's the good and the bad to that. Okay, so the good is what is what you said, uh, being creative, not being afraid to fail, uh, feeling that, you know, what, what else have we got to lose? Might as well do this. You know, I got access to LinkedIn Live in November of 20, no, November of 2019. I celebrated it. I posted it everywhere. I was doing like a dance around my house <laughs> and to explaining to my daughter what it is. I was so excited. And then I did absolutely nothing with it because I froze because I was thinking, oh, like, what if I... What if I sound stupid or what if nobody watches? And then the one person that watches will see that nobody else watched and started getting all of these, you know, ideas in my head. Um, it took the pandemic. When the pandemic hit, I didn't feel like I had anything else to lose. My business was right. crashing and burning. Things were not going great. And so I started hosting LinkedIn live interviews every single day. Now I'm like, how did I do every single day? That sounds crazy, but I did every single day um, and was saving grace and brought a lot of business and visibility was fantastic. Um, so I relate to the necessity of dropping our self-limiting beliefs and just going for it and trying things. But I'm also seeing a lot of people who just go, go for it without having given much thought into what it is that they're going to be putting mm. out. How are they going to be perceived? And is it also authentic to them? Because a lot of people I'm seeing will imitate other people, right? Like let's say yeah. if somebody does podcast really well, oh, I'm going to go do podcast. Podcast does well. Maybe it's not going to do well for me, you know? Maybe it's not my thing. Maybe it's not authentic to my brand. So I think, yes, it's great to just go for it and not be our own blocks and enemies and stopping ourselves. But it is also important to figure out what's on brand, what's not on brand. And not for everybody is that an intuitive process. It needs a bit of work. I definitely found myself going down that path because I was consuming so much. I was getting kind of all these ideas, but it was almost like a, a bit of a, just a, such a scatterbrain. And then I was thinking, oh, I'm going to do this and that. And I actually almost had to force myself to, to close things down and not sign up for this webinar and this and that and this free course and actually just focus on a couple of different ideas that I had and really develop them. And I think it's interesting you mentioned that point. I, and I think about this a lot about intentionality, really. And instead of that, it's that interesting dilemma of quantity versus quality, right? And, and thinking about, okay, how can I continue to show up and, and continue to be relevant, even on a daily basis, especially with social media now? But how can, like you mentioned, it be very intentional and be very authentic to, to my brand as a person. Yeah, so that's why when you do that pre-work, and that's what I do always with my clients um, as step one, we do all the pre-work. Once you develop your personal brand architecture, it's same as in corporations, you have your brand guidelines. They don't need to think about things every single time, right? Is this on brand? Is this not on brand? Does this make sense? Does this sound right? Does this not sound right? You just have it, you can refer to it, and then things become a lot more easy. Mm. And speaking of your clients, what are some major pain points, these things that continually come up from client to client that you're seeing again and again when they're coming and thinking, okay, I'm struggling a little bit with my personal brand, or I've never ever thought about creating a personal brand. What are those common pain points that you're seeing? Number one um, is uh, this, um, because personal branding is a big bus phrase or a big bus concept um, there's a lot of like, okay, well, everybody's building a personal brand. I've got to build a personal brand. And then the question is why? Do you? Right. Um, so that's number one is really figuring out is the personal brand building? Is that the answer to whatever 
problem, challenge, obstacle, or goal you have, is, is that really the solution? That's number one. Number two, um, the biggest one is I want to be uh, to build a personal brand, but I'm not quite sure what I'm all about. And my clients predominantly are in their mid-40s and older, and people who have built incredibly impressive careers. I share all of my client information. You can see on my website, brandableleader.com or on LinkedIn, and you will see all successful entrepreneurs or senior level executives. But nonetheless, people who come and say, well, yes, I know that in my vocation, that's that's what I am, that's what I do, but, but who am I? What would be my personal brand? What would be the uniqueness of my personal brand? So there's a lot of questions question in there and we go through, you know, a point of uh, process of introspection to uncover that. And then number three, there are, there are a few, there are people who say, well, I want to be putting myself out there more. I don't have time. So are you able to just do it for me? Because we, as a personal branding agency, take care of a lot of, um, you know, content production, creation, et cetera. But for a personal brand, you still have to own the thought leadership behind the content as an individual, right. it is your personal brand. You can completely outsource it as you know you would in, in the corporate setting. So um, do I have the time? How much time does this require? Um, how, how vulnerable do I have to be? Do I have to really you know, put everything out there for the world to see and hear? I'm not comfortable with that. Or a lot I hear is um, how am I going to sound? I don't want to sound like a narcissist. Like I'm here, me, 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 and I'm everywhere. I don't want to sound like Donald Trump. I don't want to sound like Gary Vaynerchuk. I get a lot of that as well. Um, so to which I say, you're only going to sound as who you are. Like and you, if yeah. deep inside you are like one of them, then you shall. But I don't know right. yet. We're starting to work together. But those are the more common ones. I want to touch on that first one uh, in, in respect to do I need a personal brand or not? Because I think especially now, it seems like you have to have a personal brand. It's imperative if you want to get anywhere, even if you have a great career and you love what you're doing and you're not looking for any different opportunities. So is it does everybody need a personal brand right now or, or is it is it highly personalized and very specific to what you I guess your goals and what you're trying to achieve? Um, I might give an answer right now that might not be so so popular or well received. Um, I don't think everyone can have a personal brand, um, a real brand, not in, you know, reputation and people say no personal brand, but people say about you and it's your reputation. That's on the micro level On a macro level. A brand is a brand. A corporate brand is a corporate brand, right? A convenience store down the street doesn't necessarily have a brand. Does it need to have a brand? No, it doesn't. Right. right. But having a brand is aspirational ensure if the owner of that convenience store wants to build something big then for sure it might be something to invest in but otherwise they don't need it they need great service and you know great relationships with people around um, it could be same for somebody who is in a very local small market um, if somebody let's say is um, I don't know the owner of a small Airbnb um, that is known in the area that you know is known through word of mouth offers fantastic experiences to people, you know, maybe some amazing packages, but nobody knows the owner behind that brand, that could be fine. So that's number one. Does everybody, everybody need? Not necessarily. If you're looking to build a lot of visibility, big community, um, bigger scope for yourself, you want to scale the reach of your voice, yes, a personal brand helps with that. But if you don't, then you might not need it. That's number one. Number two, when you're building a personal brand, you're building, again, to build a community, to build a following, to build people who are interested in you. Not everyone's interesting. 
And that's a very hard thing to say. And the other day I was debating it with my new mentor who works in the world of corporate branding. And I said, I just don't think that everybody is compelling and interesting. You have to be a strong communicator. You have to have something worth hearing, worth listening to. Just because you start putting yourself out there a lot does not mean you're not just being noisy, right? You have to cut through the noise. In order to cut through the noise, you have to be memorable, your message has to be meaningful, and uh, you have to be in one way or another relatable to enough people to build that, uh, that, uh, that community and to, to resonate. Yeah, whenever I'm talking about experiences and I think of how can you create an exceptional experience, no matter how that, that whatever that shows up for you, I always think of intentionality and also really connection with like-minded people and like-minded energy. So I love that, that bringing that into that personal branding in terms of, okay, how can I be more intentional, but also do I actually need to do these things or is it just kind of what everyone else is doing? So I feel almost like obliged to do it, but it doesn't really work for my personality or my skill set, even like you right. mentioned. Because right? it's there, there are so many different components, right? And that's why I, um, I, I disagree with the advice of just put yourself out there, just start mm -hmm. posting. You're going to start posting. That's day one of you building a personal brand. I think it's misleading because if I'm seeing somebody, for example, walking with their phone and looking disheveled and blabbing around about something they want to share that day, um, they're not doing any favors to their reputation. It looks silly. Now they're imitating somebody like, let's say Gary Vaynerchuk, who does the exact same thing, walking with his phone, the phone is shaking, he's blabbing away. But what he's saying is really smart and really unique. So it works for him. But you can't just do the exact same thing if you don't have the same depth. Or you might be lacking depth, but you're just compelling and interested. You're a character, you're an influencer style. That can work for you. But again, you can't just go and imitate somebody who's, you know, putting makeup on and creating YouTube videos about it just because. Just because they're doing it and they have 10 million followers, it just doesn't mean you're going to have a single one, right? So that's why it's important to dig deeper before just, you know, jumping into action. I, I definitely... Uh early on thought that quantity over quality and, and my word for 2021 is quant is quality. Actually, I want to make sure that everything that I put out is of really high quality and I've spent a lot of time on it and worked on it so that when I do put it out there, even if it's just a post that I'm proud of it and that I feel like it really represents who I am as a person. So I think that's great. And, and I saw that that was your word of the year, which is great. The thing is, once you're able to take quality and turn that quality into also quantity, uh, then you're in business, right? Okay. Because you do want to be memorable. And in order to be memorable, of course, you do that through, you know, meaningful and interesting content, but also it is the frequency, right? right, right. Because there is a lot of noise, you know, we, we can be forgettable very easily. So when you marry the two, but it is quality first, but then when yeah. you add the quantity component to it, then of course it scales much more. Easier said than done, obviously. <laughs> Beyond. <laughs> How we've touched on so many points already. And I just, I'm curious to see if you have a few extra to add in terms of how can we really transform our personal brand into really captivating experiences? You know, I spent 10 years working for Cirque du Soleil. So when I think of a captivating, magical, exceptional experience I think of sitting at Cirque du Soleil and watching an incredible show and so a lot of I, I use that as a reference for so many other elements when it comes to experiences so if you almost could compare the two a Cirque du Soleil show your personal brands how can we bring some more captivating content some captivating ideas or strategies into what we're doing as a personal brand 
It's very interesting. You know, they're not fully comparable. I love Cirque du Soleil, by the way. Now I'm just sitting here thinking of how much I miss the shows. <laughs> I want them to be back. Um, but look, because on one hand, you can say, well, there can be, your brand can be predicated on you being an entertainer, right? Being very entertaining, very compelling with that. But then we have a Simon Sinek who just sits without moving and just very quietly talks into a camera. There is no feeling of being entertained whatsoever with him, but he has a very strong brand that's just more intellectual and has the different, different and it's feel. it's still captivating though. When you listen to him, you're drawn in. You can't take your Absolutely, eyes because right? his stuff yeah. is just really, really smart, right? But let's say if somebody wanted to imitate him, because again, we were speaking about imitation and just sit there and talk really quietly into a camera, well, your stuff better be really <laughs> yeah. deep and, you know, full you of takeaways. for a philosopher or something. Like right? Like 10 seconds people are out or if you want to start imitating Gary Vaynerchuk and yelling and screaming and cussing again you better have also first of all it has to be authentic to your brand otherwise people start feeling that something's something's a little bit off or you know strained and also again your messaging the quality has to be there the quality of takeaways mm. but to answer your question um I think it's important uh, so number one um you want to develop your own brand personal brand statement Okay, so that will guide a lot of um, not only a lot of your activities, but it will guide whether or not people are compelled and interested in you. Okay, and the two come together with your expertise, what it is that you're doing. So let's say in your case, it's creating experiences, right? You're all about experience. But if we were to work together and I'm your personal brand uh, architect, uh, personal brand architect, let's say, I would dig deep into trying to understand why. When did that start? When were you a little girl either deprived of experience because often, you know, what we're passionate about comes from some kind of lack or maybe very opposite. It was encouraged to such an extent that that became part of your brand story, your personal brand story. When you marry the two together, what you do and why you do it with your personal story, really your personal story. So not necessarily why you do it in Simon Sinek's terms, but your personal story, that is when it becomes really, really powerful. Do we have time for an example? Yes, go for it. Okay, I'll give you one of my favorites. Um, so a um, now good friend of mine, an entrepreneur here in Canada, um, owns an interior design firm. And uh, I'm, I'm going to send you a link. You should follow them on Instagram because I know you're active on Insta and uh, they're killing it. So an interior designer, um, doing really well, built, you know, multi-million dollar business, really successful, but she kind of never really thought of, you know, you know, what is her uh, personal brand? What is her story? Why is she an interior designer? She never even studied it. So she managed to build this own experts, this whole expertise on her own and then build a business out of it and have employees and have, you know, growing office, but kind of never studied it at all. Um, and so as she started digging deeper and trying to understand why, um, you see, she was born, she lives now in Montreal, Canada, but she was born in South Korea. And when she was four years old, her family um, abandoned her, just left her, you know, on, on the streets with a little, with a little bag with that, you know, her documents. Four years old, you know, I have a son who just turned five. That's, 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 that's a fully formed human being who yeah, knows what's so going on. So it just still gives me shivers. And so um, she was picked up by an orphanage and then she was adopted by a family in, in Canada. Um, but the story didn't end there. It was not the best adoption. It was during the time when adoption was not quite regulated yet. And so it was still quite, uh, um, she, she, she had a challenging upbringing. She had to move out when she was really young, um, get a place, get her brother to come live with her and uh, just, you know, hustled and started building a career. And then by complete chance or so, she thought she fell into interior, interior design. 
And then she realized, she started thinking of, you know, what is it about interior design that's really uh, such a big part of her? And how they work, it's really TV show style, where you give all your specs, you give a budget, and then you get out of the way, you come home, your whole room has been redone, your eyes are closed, you open, they're filming, you're crying, and that's the moment. <laughs> and so she said that to her, it's that moment, that reveal, that really is the, the biggest high that you could ever experience. And when she started unpacking why, she realized that even though she had always had a house, uh, growing up, with the exception of those, you know, a uh, couple of hours when she was left, she always had a roof over her head, physical house. She, for most of her life, up until she became an adult, she never had a home. Mm. And so to her, her personal brand is predicated on taking people's houses and turning them into homes, mm. giving them that sense of a home. Okay. So if you're thinking of just, so her byline now is turning a house into a home. That's cute. But when you put the story there, mm. oh, that sticks. Her story also give, gives you uh, shivers, but unfortunately it's not unique, right? It's not unique. There are a lot of people who are abandoned and, uh, you know, um, been adopted, et cetera. But when you take her story and you couple with what she's doing, it, which, which is doing with it, which she's doing right now, again, that's when it becomes really magical. So when you're able to take your brand essence, what it is that you do, your why, however you call it, and you couple it with a personal story, that's what makes for a really unique personal brand. Oh my gosh, like I have shivers. That's such a great, great story. I, I know for me personally, this year as I've created my own business, I travel has always been a part of my life ever since I was born, basically, but especially in the last 15 years. And so that was such a part of my personal brand and like my brand identity, so to speak. But as I started to work in travel, I realized wait, no, this is my story. This is not where I want to build my business. And it was such a weird kind of aha moment of this is my personal story. This is my personal brand, but this is not the direction that I want to go. I want them to be quite separate. So I think it's interesting where you're at, when you're actually able to kind of take those links from, from things in the past and, and just tendencies and experiences that you have, and then they naturally almost fall into your personal brand. And then sometimes there's that moment of like, oh, do I want to focus on this or, or do I want to just keep it as part of that magical story that strengthens my expertise in other ways? Love that. Yeah. And that's why also you want your personal brand statement to be wider than just the niche of what you do. Right. right. So let's say um, in, in the case of the of the entrepreneur that I just spoke to you about, um, you know, giving people a sense of a home extends to everything she does how she's with her employees and her staff and her hiring it's all very much you know this is this is home this is family so it extends you want to find those com common denominators so that your personal brand is not just tied to your vocation in the moment right. right for example for me you saw i own a headhunting firm and i'm transitioning to personal branding if my whole identity had been based on i'm just marina recruiter well, now, now that I'm not a Marina recruiter anymore, well, what do I do with that, right? Mm -hmm. So a personal brand also, and that's why, you know, I also work with a lot of people who are serial entrepreneurs. They come to me so that we can take all those different things and put them under one clear umbrella and then power it with a strong personal brand story. Mm, I, I just love talking about personal brands so much. Uh, I so wanna, do I. <laughs> I, wanna, I. Honestly, I have so many questions, but I want to just stick to uh, one more, and that is, I'd love to know for you, how are you focusing on creating exceptional experiences for exceptional positive experiences for your clients, for your audience? You have, any, you know, you have something new that has just started, brand of a leader. And so how are you focusing on 
creating impact and, and creating that incredible experience for every single person that kind of walks through your virtual door, so to speak. You know, for me, it's very important how people experience me, right? So I guess um, I would um, shift my answer from creating experiences to how people experience me and when they come in, in contact with me. It's really important. Um, it starts from a wounded place from, you know, starting in childhood and being a Soviet kid where, you know, you have to be very mindful of what people think of you and what people say of you. And I was a proverbial kid on a little stool reciting poems to make sure everybody's impressed and, you know, straight A, um, straight, straight a student and all of that. But I carried it into my childhood and being very, again, intentional, something, a word that you uh, mentioned a couple of times before, with how I want people to perceive me and vis-a-vis -vis that, what experience um, do I want them to, to have, how I want them to experience, you know, dealing with me. Um, so a few things uh, to me are important, and those are my brand descriptors, and those I apply across the board. So number one, optimism and positivity. I want everybody, after communicating with me or consuming any of my content or in any form, video or written or whatever it is that I do, to feel hopeful and like, yes, everything is possible. That to me is number one, it's really important. Number two is energy. That is one of my, you know, biggest compliments that I get is when people say, you know, after speaking with you, I feel like I can do it anything. I have so much energy. You know, one of my um, favorite clients, I adore, um, Hege Marie Brown, she's in Norway. So we're on a time difference. And when we work on her, you know, personal branding, um, she also prefers working with her kids asleep. So it's really deep evening for her. So, you know, we get on the call and she's like, I don't know, I'm going to focus on this. I'm really excited to see you, but I'm so tired, you know? And then by the end of the call, she's like, oh, I'm not going to be able to sleep. Right. I have so much energy. And we just spoke, like that's all we did. So to me, number two is that I want people to feel more energized after they speak with me as well. And I also want people to feel, um, to feel, to feel hurt and feel more important. Elevating people's self-worth is really important to me because it took me a lot of time to find mine and to feel you know, confident, secure, and happy with who I am. So I want to deliver it to other people. So when I'm in direct communication, people, people direct communication in me, with me, um, I, it's very, very important to me that they leave feeling that, that they're important, that they, they matter, and that they, they were heard. So I reply to every single message no matter how many I get. And sometimes it's hundreds and hundreds in a day. I respond to every single one. I respond to every single comment. Um, I don't turn down when people ask to speak, to jump on a call. It's all at the core of my, my personal brand, very important to me. Uh, and for those watching, I can attest to all of those points because Marina, you have been such an inspiration to me this year in particular or last year in particular. And uh, actually I went through your LinkedIn course and absolutely loved it. So can you just um, for the final few moments touch on in particular that LinkedIn course, because honestly, it was amazing. And I've recommended it to so many people. And then also the brand of a leader, I would really like to be able to share that as well. Awesome. Um, I'm so excited that you did it and that you found value in it. It was a lot of fun. We've had now um, well over 100 people that uh, did the LinkedIn, we called it LinkedIn Challenge, and called it LinkedIn Mini Course. Um, it's uh, found on brandofaleader.com 
backslash LinkedIn challenge um, or just on brandableader.com. You can scroll down and you'll find it. Um, and uh, we created in a really fun format. Um, so because so many people would come to me with LinkedIn related questions, I said, you know what? I'm going to just package it all together, but in video format, because sometimes like reading tips, it can get confusing. So I just said, you know what? I'll it's going to be just like this. I'm going to record all a bunch of videos about very just small pieces of LinkedIn. So it's 30 days. Every day you get an email with a video like this and an explainer video showing one piece of the LinkedIn profile. So sometimes showing a feature nobody knows about, the name pronunciation feature or some other thing. And by the end of the 30 days, um, whoever's taking the challenge, whoever's doing the course, their profile is completely rebranded and they get a lot of compliments about their profiles. <laughs> I heard from you and I hear from a lot of people who've done the challenge. And also the challenge includes prompts for people to post content, to create content on their LinkedIn pages. So through that also visibility increases, the network grows or more people um, that uh, you know are visiting your profile. So I've heard a lot of, you know, I got 10,000% increase on my, on my views. I got these many connections. So all that, um, all that starts happening within 30 days. Um, and Brand of a Leader itself is um, it's a personal branding agency for entrepreneurs and senior executives. Uh, we help people build uh, meaningful, memorable, and relatable personal brands and then, uh, then scale their reach. And I will definitely link both of those details in the description. If uh, for anyone that's watching that's really connected with this content and it's some parts of it really resonate, going through that LinkedIn personal branding challenge is actually really, really interesting. Even if you think your LinkedIn profile is already fire, this is going to take it to another level. Um, Marina, as I mentioned before, you've been such a huge inspiration for me over the last 12 months. And even though you said you don't really create experiences yourself, for me, when I think about your content and the interactions that I've had with you, uh, I truly believe that you are an incredible experience creator. So thank you so much for coming on and for being exactly what I said, an experienced creator. Well, thank you for making me feel so good. <laughs> I appreciate being here. <laughs>